0: Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini tab, back to Black and White Podcast. My name is Daniel Lenegro, and I'm live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We're back again, episode number 34. And today's going to be a cult- cultural mercato craze. Uh, we're going to talk about everything uh, that has, has gone on in the market. And it's been a really shortened season. Uh, I mean, summer season, if you want to call it that. And uh, so it's kind of been, there's been a lot of twists and turns. It seems like every week uh there's something new being reported shock report transfer that obviously a lot of you know now in weston McKenney but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later uh this is the uh bring on the loser of the uva quiz 2.0 so we're gonna have louis first and then we're gonna have uh iskander next time i'm just kidding man it was it was a hell of a time guys check it out i didn't mention in my last video but guys check out all the uva quizzes um a lot of fun, a lot of jokes cracked, uh, at least on our side. Um, it was been a hell of a time, and uh, I've been lucky enough, you know, like I said, truly lucky enough, because when the questions fall the way they do, you know, sometimes uh, you get lucky, and fortunately enough, I'm in the finals, so again, check that out, that's probably going to be in a couple of weeks, or a week or so, so stay tuned, and yeah, like I said, uh, let's get into the boring stuff as always, I think I've missed this a couple of times, but um yeah please smash the subscribe guys it helps me a hell of a lot drop a like uh if you listen to podcasts on youtube click the bell for notifications obviously on itunes and spotify subscribe as well drop a rating comment anything helps and uh especially on the video that louis might not have seen well he wouldn't have seen now but it should be coming out before uh this podcast drops on the uh u v club identity versus brand so Guys, welcome to the show. Obviously, a big welcome to Louis, a guy from a UV fan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What's going on, man?
1: Nothing much. Thank you for having me, bro.
0: Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, and yeah, that's another thing I wanted to mention that I forgot. Uh, thank you guys for reaching out. It's been uh crazy couple weeks. A lot of people reaching out to come on. And, you know, it's always nice to have a new guest, uh, at least to this show. Obviously, Louis's been on a lot of. Uh, of a lot of podcasts with Al, and I believe a couple other. Uh, were you on any of the other uh, you, big YouTube accounts?
1: I do stuff with uh, UVA Therapy and Roman. So I've done uh, live streams and the quiz show. so...
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. So, guys, check that out. Um, and yeah, well, I'm sure uh, we're going to have you on a lot more, Louis, as well on this show. But uh, just generally, what we like to do, I know you've, like I said, you've been on Al, so I'm sure you've discussed how you became a UVA fan. But just generally to give the fans a uh, kind of a, a sneak peek into how it all began for you with Juve and at what generation, maybe a favorite player and stuff like that. The floor is yours, yeah.
1: man? Uh, my love for Juve began in 2006. Um, I didn't know about, you know, uh, Cal Tripoli or Serie A for Serie B. So I started watching this when we were in Serie B because all the World Cup players, Cannavaro, Pirlo, or not Pirlo, uh, Buffon, you know, Del Piero, all those guys played for Italy and they were big fixtures. So it was like, you know, Juve was such a big part of that. And then um, I just stuck with them. You know, I started to, as I became more of a fan, I started to learn more about the history. And those were some ugly years to start supporting Juve, but it's, it's paid off the last decade or so.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, th- I think a lot of people that are all in that era that stuck around, yeah, had to deal with a lot. So I think we've been... We've been almost conditioned for some, you know, even though we're in good times when it's not, we're not necessarily playing well. It's really nice because a lot of times we can look back and say, hey, we were in a, lot, a hell of a lot worse position than where we are now. So, yeah, well, yeah it's crazy.
1: To do is to, uh, after we have like a shitty win, is to go back and watch like post-council <laughs> highlights and remember that that's night and day from now. It's like, it's okay. It's like, okay um but well, not that bad I, yeah not that bad uh but my favorite player has always been um del piero and i think that's you know, like any Ubay fan that's how i fell in love and currently it's dibala so i like the number 10s
0: good you didn't say ronaldo so you're still allowed to stay on the show <laughs> but um no anyways guys just jokes but uh yeah let's get right into it because there is a hell of a lot going on um and I think we'll start off with, like I said, a video that's supposed to come out today. Um, unfortunately, you haven't seen it yet, but um, it's a pretty straightforward question, uh, Louis. Um, what me, Rocco, what Rocco, Ivan, and I talked about is essentially, did the brand Juve uh, with the new logo change go too far? Now, there was kind of some different opinions thrown around. I thought oh, we went too far, we kind of should have just modernized the logo. Uh, Rocco came up with an idea where maybe we have a, a sporting brand for the jerseys in the club and then build an actual like clothing brand kind of I, where we can market with. And, uh, Ivan was on the, even though he says he's a traditionalist, he said that we were on point with, you know, going with this new J obviously removing the, the name and, and, and trying to build this brand. Um, I kind of want to get your thoughts on that because, again, like I said, you'll see the video come out today. Yeah. And um, but you know, just on that premise, what do you think? Uh, what's your opinion on it? i like to
1: uh, hear. Well, I hate the J logo. I've never liked it. It just—it's weird. Uh, I'm getting used to it, but I, I just—it still like makes me mad when I see it. I'm more—I'm a little traditionalist. Like I like the crest. I think that as you said, like all the big clubs have like. You know, a logo for the brand and the crest on it. You know, like if you look at FC yeah. Barcelona, the crest is still there, and like you know, the lettering's there. So I think that Juve could do a mixture of that, and you know, keep the traditionalist and you know, modernize. Um, I was interested in what you said about maybe separating them, where it's like you know, for kits or you know, certain kits, you know, you keep the crest, but maybe for your clothing line, you you yeah. have the J Corp kind of logo, right? Which would be you know kind of interesting it's a little bit of both and you know clothes is kind of where that modern brand is going to go anyway right but just overall with Juve aside from the logo like some of the New Jersey stuff like the stripes it's, it's gotten a little crazy I mean no one can really say as cool as some of them were like the the polling kit from last year you know right. the red and white nobody can really say like that's Juventus colors right We're used to stripes, pink, you know, yellow and blue. Like, I just think that sometimes it goes a little too far.
0: Yeah. And then you're almost like, are we just trying to follow a prescribed formula that Adidas is throwing out for all the clubs? Because as you've noticed, I mean, they're using a lot of templates. There's clubs this year that are, I believe, Leon actually has our blue like cloud kit whatever you want to call it yeah that's going to be one of their jerseys this year so i mean to me there was also an argument on twitter me and a uh, uvaj aj we're talking about you know regional you know identity slash being the presence in the area and that adidas is the only let's say italian or giant is the only team that has uh is with you obviously adidas is with the uva excuse me and Nike is with, obviously, Adidas, uh, with Roma, and Merda, and I guess Milan is with Puma. So he was kind of making the argument that we want to dominate the stores of Italy. Now, for me, that's not necessarily an argument because we already are dominating the yeah. stores in Italy. So whether we're with Nike or we're with Puma or we're with Kappa, or they're putting Ju- Juve jerseys everywhere in Italy. Now, front, front of the line um stock in the shelves so i don't see that being a problem so i don't get necessarily why that how i see it is when you have nike let's say because those are really you're going to be your two competing companies that are going to be able to give us enough money now when we bring a guy in with ronaldo and i don't want to get too deep into this because i'm also going to have a couple you know we're going to talk about the kicks guys we're going to talk about the jerseys um i have a couple roma jerseys coming in the authentics and I'm going to have the authentic, all three authentic UV jerseys coming in. So we're going to do some comparison, some contrasting, see what I like. I think they did a hell of a job for Roma. Nike did this, even though it's going to be their last year. Um, I think those kits are class, uh, true to their name. Um, And, you know, they might not be getting as much money as us, but I don't see Adidas, you know, with 51 million euros coming in, we're still well below the other clubs uh let's just call it what it is we're well below even and that's with adding ronaldo so that's the problem i see then you look at you know certain shoes we should have been in there you know get a shoe line get whatever and i know now we're gonna have a second one coming out which i'm probably you know i'm gonna buy all this guys like you said these jerseys aren't really um to normal but you know i'm gonna get the orange jersey i'm gonna get the the, the navy blue jersey we got this year that's not the problem I see with me. I'm talking about the fans that are on the fence. You know, the, the Ronaldo fans, the um, the the fans that maybe don't have a, you know, are watching football and they don't necessarily know who to cheer for yet. Those are the guys, those are the people that we need to attract. And, you know, as a club, uh, we're talking about North America. We're talking about Asia. We're talking about Africa, South America. You know, Europe, I think, is pretty regional as is. You're not going to do, you're not going to move the needle too much. Um, because alliance uh, allegiances are kind of, you know, set. Um, Maybe in Portugal you have a little bit of sway because obviously we have Ronaldo on the team, but for the most part, it's pretty good, right?
1: I don't know. I just, I think that you have a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, right? And you want to sway, like, people in America like that. People in America, like, if they're not fans, they're buying it because they like either the name or they like the way the jersey looks. And I don't see many Americans with our alternate or away kits you know
0: well and that's a good question so this yeah. you know when i get into you know i get into arguments with ronaldo fans all the time okay that's no that's no uh surprise to anybody oh everyone <laughs> but the question well no i go real high i dig real deep with ronaldo fans but when um when i get into it i always ask them and they never answer because they know they know what the answer is and it's how many kits do you buy with ronaldo on the back and you know the question, the question—it's an easy answer. They're buying one, one kit maybe from the beginning, from the first year, and that's it. They talked about you know there was this talk about this massive blowout of how many jerseys were bought. Well, I like to see how many jerseys were bought this year, and then obviously sequentially this year yeah. uh, with these with these new stripes, with the painted stripes, um, because that's that that's what's going to move the needle, right? In a, in a when we're talking about Calcio Mercato, a lot of people just like to throw it while well, Juve's got a lot of money and we're, we're, we're bankrolled and, and we have all this money because we're so smart. You know, it's not as easy as that. Yeah. And a surprising thing that I saw, and I don't know if you saw this image, Louis, uh, again, still on this branding uh, conversation. Did you see the Soccer.com uh, uh, or it was a separate company that released the numbers from Soccer.com in the U.S.? about which state sold the most jerseys specifically from their site. So basically, there was, I mean, it was all over the board. California, I believe, was PSG. Um, Texas, I believe, was also was PSG. And uh, actually, let me get that right, because I want to be, I know Juve was, Florida was the biggest state. And quite frankly, we had, I believe, West Virginia and, which is surprising because I got a shout out there's someone from Virginia that is just watching all of my videos. So I got a shout out to him because I don't think <laughs> I've met this person, so thank you for listening um on the podcast but uh yeah, so it really you know does you know in five years or so that we've had adidas or whatever it's been, I don't see really an impact like do you think Adidas is really pushing? Because you got to remember, they got Real Madrid, they got Bayern, yeah, now they got Arsenal,
1: yeah. uh, Manu, and those are all bigger brands. So, did we kind of
0: jump in? That's kind of my thing with UVAJ was did we jump into the wrong pile? Because now you have to, you, we, you're trying to become a global brand, you're not trying to become the top. And everyone keeps saying, Oh, we're top Italian brand, oh, we have the most but, follows in Italy.
1: It goes back to the uh, the the Agnelli comments where he's always talking about trying to, you know, get to where city and PSG are, which right. is, is fine. But at the end of the day, like city and PSG, you know, built a brand like, you know, on their own, you know, on their own terms. Right. We're kind of like trying to like appease every part of it. Yeah. You know, stretching ourselves out. Um, so I think that, I think the club has to look really hard at how they market. I mean, we talked Free podcast about their social media is awful, you know. Yeah. Um, you know Barcelona does like you know they'll do pre-match episodes. We'll show the team eating a pre-meal or like what they do post-match. Juventus doesn't do any of that. You know they have like the training clips, fine, but there are things that they could do that that is better. Um, and I think that probably helps would help the New jersey department. Also, you know, not having orange leopard skin uh, kids, but. That's another story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I have the map here, guys, and let's see if you guys can. I don't know if I want to get if I can get this, and I could probably put it up. But yeah, there's your map. Freeze up for a little bit. All right, so just to say, you know, Texas has got PSG, which I was pretty surprised. Same with California. Again, you got to take this with a grain of salt. This is from one store. I know it is a massive store. I've bought from them many times because that was really the only uh, source of finding you know legit jerseys in the in this side of the uh, of the Atlantic. So you have New you have New York having Manu. Um, we got who do we got for Pennsylvania? PSG again. Michigan's got Manu. Juve's got Utah, Wyoming. Florida and West Virginia. So I I'm shocked with that one, but anyways, um yeah, no, it's weird. It's a really weird map, but I think in general, you're not you're never going to get the whole pie. So again, it's take it with a grain of salt, guys, but I think what Juve's got to do is go back to what it is because when this reign of Ronaldo is done, I think there's going to be a massive drop in fans. Like yeah. I, I, I think you got it, that, and that's why I say you gotta appease, even like Rocco brought up this two kind of two-tier system where if you wanna let's say a brand for the club that tries to appeal to you know brands and whatnot, that's fine. But I think sporting wise you have to have an identity um where they had I've seen so many different edits of uh of Juve uh logos where it's modernized. It's very similar to what we had It looks good. I wouldn't have a I don't think anyone would have a problem using it as a brand. And you look at what PSG did. I think that's a perfect example. You know, they got in with Jordan and whether you like Jordans or Jordan as a player or not, I mean his kicks sell. I've seen those in Canada all over the place, even in somewhere like Calgary where we have about a million people in our house of hoop store which is again something with Foot Locker. Um they had all pretty much all of their merch there. Maybe yeah. not the shoes because if they're limited, they'll sell out, but yeah. they had the shirts, the, uh, the, the, the gym shirts, whatever, uh, jackets, all that. So that's something that you, I think UV doesn't go far enough. Um, and it's almost to me, it becomes cheap talk when we start saying, Oh, we want to be this brand. We want to do this. We want to do that. And like you said, you're not showing videos. the fans it pisses us off more seeing those training videos because we're like look how hard they're trying to portray them practicing now and then we go watch a game and we (laughs) see what the hell is this shit did they even learn anything in training so that's kind of my take on that but i appreciate you you know filling in do you have any last words kind of on on what you needs to do
1: um fire their social media team
0: (laughs) (laughs) playing it's cut and dry guys cut and dry but anyways, so let's get into. Obviously, Pirlo came in. Um, this has been, again, I, I've seen a lot of optimism. I'm not gonna lie, guys. Um, we've had some negativity saying, you know, and I, I, I would say I would be a little bit. I, I'm more of a little bit skeptic. I still believe in the coach. Um, at the end of the day, you always got to give your, you know, your support at the beginning because you don't know what's gonna happen, but. I'm a little skeptical on what's going to happen at the beginning of the season. Um, so what are your thoughts, obviously, on the ending of Sarri and then picking a coach like Pirlo? And essentially, how do you see us lining up this year? I mean, it's going to be interesting. There's been a lot of talk, so let's get your thoughts, Louis.
1: Um, so on sorry, first off, I think Sarri was a bad move in general. Um, I got behind it because, you know... Uh, for whatever reason, I trust our club. Um, I'm a little bit more skeptical of the board now than I was uh, last year, but I just think w- with sorry, you went from Allegra where you had a w- your winningest period ever, where you had right. a coach that we were doing the double every year, but one to UCL finals, like, and then you hire a guy that's never won anything before. So there's a huge exactly. drop off. Now you're giving him Buffon, Celini, Bonucci, Dybala, Ronaldo. And then you didn't back him with signings. That was just always a bad mix. And I think that firing him was the right move. Losing to Leon was unacceptable. Moving forward, the Pirlo thing is kind of crazy to me. Um, I am optimistic. But when it happened, I was very, very skeptical. Because this is a guy that has never coached before. He was your U23 coach 10 days ago. And it was almost like you called Pochettino and he, he said he asked for too much money, and you weren't bringing back Allegra, so you're just like, oh, there's Pirlo. We'll hire him. But moving a little bit forward, looking at his press conference and some of the other things, um, and I don't want to get too hyped over his press conference because that's the last thing you want to do. It was really refreshing. I mean, he spoke like a Juventus man. You know, he talked about culture, DNA, wanting to bring back enthusiasm, but you know, that hunger that's kind of missing. And I think all Juve fans on Twitter can agree the thing that has really lacked since Cardiff really has been hunger, desire. You know, the Juventus used to be fearless in the Champions League. And now you watch them play, and they, everyone except for Ronaldo and maybe Dybala play scared. Like it's, it, it's, that's, when I watch them, that's the impression I get is that is a terrified team of Europe. And I think that you have a coach that's a little bit more cool, a little bit more calm headed. You know, he's talking about bringing in enthusiasm, like winning the ball back, playing proactive, which is the future, but also not moving away from like, who we are as a club, which I think Sarri was – he didn't get the Juventus model. I think Pirlo understands right. that. Now, what we would play under Pirlo, just based on like, rumors in his press conference, I think we're going to see a combination of what we saw with Conte in the, the team's mentality and then what we saw with which is the team's flexibility in those first three years. Because the first three years we play three five two four three one two. Sometimes he would in the year we went to Berlin he would uh, we play in the back four and then sub bars all on. There'd be a three five two. At the end of the match, you know, in Cardiff we were like the three five two four two three one formation. Yeah. So I think we'll see probably like a mix of a back three back four. Um, who's in it? I think is going to be his biggest job is you know finding the right mix um i think to start we'll see probably a little bit of what we saw last year you know we'll see Bolucci play probably with Kilini and you know like sandro and people like that yeah. until we get into the thick of things but i think that back three however it is mixing with the back four i think is a lot of what we'll see this year
0: yeah and i think that the, another big question is the mercato right what 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 yeah. we're lining up to talk about today and I think, um, you know, that's the biggest question because there's a lot of, you know, thoughts of last year that are creeping in again in terms of Dybala playing as the trequartista as in his typical 10 role, depending on how we line up. Now, we'll get into, you know, a couple co- quotes, a few quotes, actually, of what Pirlo said. But in terms of how I think the, the lineup's going to, again, like you said, it's going to depend on who's, uh, who's injury-free as well because you got to remember... With three at the back, is Chiellini going to be ready? Is Dem- How is Demiral going to be? I'm sure he's going to be back. Bonucci should be good. But De Ligt, he's out till October. So, yeah, really, if you, have, if you play with the three, you're hoping those guys are playing the full 90 because the only guy you have left, I don't see Romero staying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into that later. But a lot of these young guys, I think, aren't going to stay. So, who's going to be your sub? Rugani again? like yeah that that's what it it works out to be and then okay you want three at the back now how do you play do you play three five two uh i don't know about that because where does ronaldo ronaldo and some people are saying three five two and put ronaldo as the wing back it's like okay well what What? do you want to do you want to cut off your uh one of your arms because he ain't he ain't running back i'll tell you he's not playing the defensive side so he's not your cover so that's not gonna work okay what's another option Three four one two, where you have maybe you keep again Ronaldo possibly as a striker and 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 Dybala, depending on who uh, you keep. Are you going to sign a Jek or are you going to sign a Milik or whoever or Keane? possibly again Ronaldo in a striker position?
1: Yeah, see, I don't know about that. I see it as a three five two that mixes with the three four three or a oh. or like a four two three one kind of thing. You know what I mean?
0: And that's where I was getting to. That's yeah. kind of where I see. The only way you do this with the three, with, with Ronaldo, and this is why I give Ronaldo fan shit all the time, is because when you have a player like him, and I w- if he was like, you know what, I'll play striker, I'll play left wing, I'll play right wing, that's fine. But once you say, I can only play left wing... That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a tantrum. I'm not going to like it. I'm going to walk out of this. That, well, the, the other that,
1: that, that's him? Or you think that's...
0: Oh, that's definitely him. 100% I, him.
1: I think it's 50-50. Because oh, I he's think, asked for it. He's asked for it in the past. I think when he no, walked... I, I think that there's... When you have a great player like that, he says, hey, I'm better on the left. Like Lionel Messi always says, "Like, hey, I like to play on the right, drift into the left, right? Oh, so I, I get
0: I get that, but... When, you t- when we look at a team like this, right, where we don't have that midfield, we don't have a Benzema on the team. We don't have the midfield like the Real Madrid. We don't have the fullbacks like Real Madrid. So then when you say we have to confine one, that position is essentially locked. You're free. Even with Allegri, I noticed his freedom to move was still kind of, hampered in with Ronaldo being on the left side. So, it does hem you in in that approach where you can't... You weren't as flexible yeah. to, let's say, rotate. That, and he's not... And it's not like he comes out. If, if Ronaldo was a player that was like, you know what? It's not working or he's not having a great game and we don't have to worry about him getting pissed off coming off
1: the pitch, getting subbed, yeah. then I
0: would say, hey, well, no problem.
1: Also, dude, the, on, the, on the pissed off being subbed argument, I mean, Dybala turns a every no, time. No, no, no. But my
0: point is this. When... We are essentially locked in with Ronaldo at the left wing. So, you're, like I said, you're forced into. You can't play around with 3-4-1-2. You can't play with 3-5-2. Essentially, if you're going to go three at the back, you have to go 3-4-3. Three,
1: three, right? But so, what I think you could do tactically with it, and I'm sorry to cut you off. is no, no, Go ahead, man. Take someone like Kul- Kuluzewski or Bernadeski who, like, they like to drift out wide and they'll come back in. You know, you could say you could start Ronaldo on the left, and he likes to just cut like right through that diagonal. And then you could play Dybala right there or a number nine like a Suarez or Jecko, and even Moise Kean are good off the ball. You could kind of mix that three, five, two. I think it's doable. Sometimes I think with Italian technicians, though, they're too in place, like they're too pragmatic. Yeah. So that, like, sorry, like if you watch this play, like the four, three, one, two, like, sorry, like you have to stay right here. And you yeah. see Gibal and Ronaldo, like, there was the Lyon game where they were just like, like yeah. this is frustrating, right? So I think that partially, and I understand, I think Ronaldo is a huge part of it because he's a huge presence. I mean, yeah. so, like, how do you tell a guy that scores 40 goals a year, right. you know, don't play on the left where you're scoring 40, play right here where you're uncomfortable.
0: Oh, so I'm it, not, in, in terms of that, I'm not trying to make that, argue, I'm just trying to say that it kind of hems you in. Again, you're more likely to, you know, you're going to make it work, right? Like you said, you're going to find ways to make it work. But I'm saying in terms of, you know, the strategy, that's really the only system that fits. Yeah. You can have guys. And I agree. I I think Kulusevsky could go. And I think Dybala would, I think a three, four, three could work, but you're almost kind of like that's what you got to do. Or you got to go four, three, three in terms of other formations I mean four, two, three, one it depends on who we pick up again our, our our right backs our right back position is that can even be taken care of? I don't know um there's been talk of of some players for that we'll see Pellegrini is he coming back we'll see, but we'll get into that, but uh let's get in uh let's let's talk about a couple of the comments he made and and and, and then we'll get really into the transfers, so you know. He talked about, and I thought his his press conference was pretty straightforward. He he kind of said everything that, that he wanted us to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, especially saying, you know, Juve's goal is always to win. It's not easy, but that's what we're here for. Kind of saying, you know, this is what the role he's been put in. And, and I know experience has been talked about a lot, not playing any. And a lot of people were trying to downplay it, like, Zidane and, and and Pep and other coaches didn't have as much experience. I mean, he is going to come in with his only game. This will be his first game. It will be his only game. His license is still not taken care of, so it's going to be interesting. I think Igor Tudor is going to be an interesting add. Um, I think they were smart enough to build, you know, a, a, a group of coaches around him with Baroneo and and Tudor that hopefully can help him out. And may, maybe he's not the He's the main man, but you know, you guys you have P, you have guys adding on uh their information and, and and tactics and whatnot and giving him a hand either offensively, defensively, whatever it is. So I think that's good. Um, but you know, in t- in terms of players, I really liked how the news came out and said that he was calling guys that were were going to go. Um I hope that Kadida's on his way out. I'm just gonna say that right now. Oh, like if he gets away with this one he truly is the. his name is now the teflon don from now until eternity and you know i don't think uh i don't think anyone can get away from that but yeah um yeah there's a lot uh but it's tough it's it's tough to move i mean for me it would have been give him his money and send him packing because when you look at a player like this, I don't see him dealing with us. I think he's going to sit sit on on what he's going to make. He signed the contract. He's got every right to. Yeah. I'm going to say that, but, I mean. Yeah.
1: I mean, Kadir is a mistake that they made, you know, prior. Just like, I mean, one could argue that Iguain was a long-term mistake, you know. Right. Um, but, I think, when you talk about, like, the staff is obviously very good. It's good that you have Buffon, Kilini back. Right you know, Dybala, some of these people. Even, like, if if Ronaldo buys in, like, who else isn't going to buy in? If you're you're your couple best players buy in, you know, that's, I think, will be helpful. Um, I think, though, uh, some of those other, like, that was, it was really good that he established right away, like, hey, the objective is to win, we win here, because I think that sometimes fans I know on Twitter forget that, like, Juventus hasn't, just won nine Scudettos. Like that, yeah. that's that a huge marker, right? To have that there. Like, I understand, like, I want to win the Champions League, but you have to do the double almost every year. You know, that's your, yeah. the Scudetto, the Copa Italia, probably, but, you know, um, I think it's a huge marker. And it, it's, good to, it's good to let the, the rest of the league know hey, yeah, we've gotten a little weaker, but it's still ours to lose.
0: Right, and um, you know he's obviously he talks about Tudor. He's an experienced assistant, obviously with Udinese. Uh, was it when well, he was coaching Udinese, and I believe uh, he was with Split before. But that's all taken care of, um, as has been reported, and everything's been signed, sealed, uh, and delivered. So, um, you know he's got a certain type of personality. Former defender, and like I said, I think that's going to be. Um good but you know Kadira talked about you know we'll see when he returns from his injury p- period and now I've heard some reports that he's talking about you know we'll see where we can fit him in and I I think that's just the wrong move. Yeah. Um they talked about Iguain being out of the picture. I'm surprised he didn't go that far um in talking about Kadira that way. Uh you know yeah. coming out that blatantly and saying We've just talked, we're gonna we're gonna part way or separate ways, we're gonna find a way to do it. And and to me, that's that that was interesting to see that whole yeah. take place in in a press conference. Um but uh yeah, let's let's talk about isn't the enthusiasm must be brought day by day, working, talking with the players, making them participate and getting into their heads our way of playing. The most important thing is to make them understand what we want. And again, you touched on it. I think the Grinta level has been gone for a long time. I think the motivation level has been gone a long time. I would say from almost the whole team. Yeah. Um, I think Buffon and Chiellini and and some of the Senators can only do so much Mm -hmm. in, in that aspect. I mean, to get a player to, you know, put their heart on the line... When really they're making all this money, and and, and that's been a problem. I, I think a lot of guys have been checked out for quite some time, and just content with making the money that they that they're owed yeah. uh, at the end of the day. And you could say, you know, it's with COVID, it's been tough. You know, away from families, and and you know, yeah, be, you know, going to gay <laughs> you know, and, and being tough. But I think. The, the previous year was the same pretty much the same yeah. thing so you can't use that really as an that,
1: excuse that issue has been there um for two years now it's yeah. just you know you had to stay look flat they look like okay we're gonna play this game we'll win it one two nil collect the points and move on right uh it's it's not different and i think that the good thing about this is if pierlo's a smart coach he would be saying right now hey everyone like this is our standard. Everyone thinks that we're not good enough to do this anymore. So right. they're they're saying you guys aren't good enough. You know, I agree. Integrate our heads right away.
0: Some of the you know other important things he obviously talked about Ronaldo and DiBala being there and kind of confirming that DiBala wasn't for sale. I know there was uh, there was some heated exchanges on Twitter about you know who thought what like in terms of. Which player is going to be leaving? Which player is going to be saying who wants to sell who? I mean, to me, I think any any idea of getting rid of Dibala before Ronaldo is crazy. Yeah, that's my opinion. I'm right there with um, you. I'm not suggesting that we are selling Ronaldo. Let me get that out there straight because people were trying to conflate those two ideas. That me saying that I want Dibala to stay means that I want to get rid of Ronaldo. No, that's not the case. I'm saying if we had to get rid of one or the other, I'm definitely moving on from Ronaldo if that's an option cool. because, you know, and 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 what a lot of the times that I that gets on me is, you know, we have I'm talking with Juve fans that then Ronaldo fans get brought in and guys, they don't give a shit at the end of the day. They would like people have been saying, yeah, let's bring in Messi and get rid of Dybala. Like guys, do you want the team completely stripped at the end of this at the, when, when they retire, like this is a business, this is reality. This is not FIFA. This is not Pez. Um, this is an actual business. And you know, when all this, when the party ends, who are you going to be left with?
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: I- who, who are you building your team around? And it's just, to me, it was, it was quite a ridiculous, the, the, The the people saying that, no, this is if you want to win now, it's like, well, why would I sacrifice winning in the long term multiple times to win a Champions League? Now, I don't get the, you know,
1: the the the, I asked asked fans that do that. I asked them, like, what's the impression we're going to win now? I mean, this is the club. Exactly. The most losses in the Champions League history. So, like, yes, I understand like we have the ability to win. But just because we have a player that's a serial Champions League winner, I mean, you've seen it the last two years. Obviously, something is broken in the club where we just right. haven't been able to get it done. Um, on the Ronaldo Dybala sale thing, if you're a Juventus, you can't move either of those two people. I saw a stat this week that they scored more goals than Liverpool's front three, who many consider is the best front three in the world. So, mm-hmm. And that, that's two players without you know the goals from Iguain, who had... What, 11 or 12 this year you know so i think if you gave that team a legitimate midfield could you imagine what those two could do next year legitimate oh, yeah. field and like one winger that bangs in more than the goal a year yeah. you know and is healthy for more of the year
0: yeah true enough true
1: I don't enough for the national team but he, he like he scored less goals than the lit last year
0: well yeah and I, I think he just needs a restart um, I just I just think he needs a reboot. Um, and you know a lot of players do need it when they go to a big club and it just doesn't work out. Yeah, I think you just got to cut your loss. I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, well we can have him, and I know I know even Pirlo mentioned or you know R- Raiola's mentioned he's got a big part to play Juventus, and I believe Pirlo said made some comments as well. But to me, I think it's just time to you know move on. If we can get him in a swap to bring in any uh, uh, of the players that have been mentioned i think
1: yeah i think we'll have them one more year when the market expands you know hopefully we'll be able to have fans in the stadium like at some point this year
0: yeah hopefully i mean it's gonna be difficult man
1: the other thing is too on a player like bernardeski and i think this is why the dubala thing keeps coming up is because these players that need to go nobody wants them yeah Like I saw, I read that United offered 27 million for Douglas Costa and you meant to say they're trying to break even with the 40 and it's like, well, that's the situation you're in. Like who in their right mind is going to pay 40 million for Bernadeschi after he scored five goals in three years? Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing like Mugani. So it's like your hands are almost tied where you have to sell Dybala because you've made so many bad decisions that that's like, and I'm not saying to sell him, i make that clear. You should right. never, ever touch Paulo Dybala. But, but that's where your
0: money is. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: the reason why that keeps coming up.
0: Exactly. And, yeah. and I mean, it's it's common sense. I mean, yeah. anyone who doesn't see that, I like, I can see that. Yeah. He, he's got the most inherent value that we could capitalize on, which I agree 100%. Yeah. But I think there's multiple, like you said, there's multiple decisions in that. But, you know, this is kind of the thing with Juve where I got on Allegri's back for... Because everybody was saying, oh, it's okay, we're winning these games. But you know what else? You know what? You know, if this was only a one-dimensional puzzle, I could say, hey, we look like shit, but we're still winning the Scudetto. You know, we lost in Champions League, whatever. We lost this year in Champions League. We lost before in Champions League, whatever. But this is a five, six, seven-dimensional puzzle. When you look like shit, your players also get devalued so much yeah. that you can't sell them, and that was a massive thing. So you'd have you'd have Allegri who didn't want to play anyone, didn't want to play Marquisio, didn't want to play Rugani, yeah. didn't want to play X Y Z because he didn't trust them or whatever. He had his favorite, and now their values are in the shitter. So we go into a situation with Manzukic, we go into a situation with Embry Chan, well- we go in. Even on top
1: of that, though, like Paratici, the year that we sold Cardar, which, you know, fair, Cardar was awful at Milan, we had a $50 million offer on the table for Rugani. You already knew that you had a young centre-back coming in, and you're like, no, 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 we're going to keep that because we have plans for this guy. And then it goes back like Mandzukic was giving a three-year deal at 33 years old. You're like... And everyone, I love Mario Mandzukic, but that last year, everyone could see he was slowing down just a little bit. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, I mean, he, he had a year where he went to a World Cup final and then was pretty much driven into the ground because yeah. he was played almost every game because that's what was working. Yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he would have been nice. We had some moments where we saw yeah. we could have used him now. But, I mean, at the end of the day, something like that, even the Moise Keen deal, people have been going back and forth on, talking about, I don't see it. I see you get rid of those players. It is what it is. Uh, But Mm -hmm. yeah, look, Juve's got to face the noise now because these are the deals that, that hamper us. Yeah. So, and when you under, when you, when you, when you have players that, you know, get undervalued, that just shows you that, okay, so what happens now? We got to move players that we actually are going to need in the future because they only have value. And you stay again, it's, it's a vicious cycle that we have to get out at some point. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. either it's either he does that paratiji or he's gone. Uh that that's all I that's all I can say. If you can't figure it out, there's no place that you, there's no place I for you, to be honest. Yeah,
1: right there but, with you, honestly.
0: But let's get into some of the names because there's been a lot. I mean, um it's like almost every week we're getting someone new. Someone doesn't want to come, then they do want to come, then Piertal likes them, then maybe he's not the right up. Then Jorginho is in, maybe so there's been depending on who's the coach. So let's just go for first with the number nines, because that's something that's kind of been identified as a need, right? I would say number nine, we need, we need some help in the midfield. Obviously we've added Artur, uh, and Kulusevsky and fullbacks. So that's the three categories I've broken it down into. So again, something with the number nines, we got to get rid of Higuain, get rid of that contract. That's first things first for me. Um, Then you have options. you got Milik has been tossed around at the beginning of this whole end of the season. You've had Jekyll that's now kind of emerged. Raul Jimenez from Wolves has been talked about kind of early, but a big valuation around €80 million. I don't see that happening, just to say right off the bat. And now what's emerged is Moise Kane coming back. Now, let's go with Milik. What are your thoughts on him? Did you think he was... Uh, obviously an injury-prone player. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Would, were you liking bringing him? Obviously, I believe the valuations were somewhere around 40 $50 million. We were trying to swing Bernard Esky in, but, you know, Napoli wasn't I mean, playing.
1: I wouldn't pay for him. But if it was in the swap deal, I could you be could okay see. with it. It's not ideal. But, again, whoever that number nine is is not a starter, in my opinion. He's, he's right. coming off the bench for Paulo Dybala. Um, so I think that like Milik could do that role. The question is just would he be healthy. So I'd probably say I'd be like 65 35 in favor of not making the move.
0: Okay. That's yeah. a good that's a, that's a good shout. And I agree too and that's another problem we have you just mentioned it perfect. Dybala, right? Yeah. Now if you bring in a guy, you know Jet the next guy I'm going to ask Jetko there's been reports now that we're gonna be I, I believe the fee is, is pretty much nothing, maybe five, ten million euros, whatever it was. But the the um the contract being at seven point five mil a season is like
1: yeah,
0: oh okay, so we're just gonna get rid of seven point five from Higuain, and now we're gonna replace it, yeah. with Jekyll. It's like I, a guy I, who's still older.
1: I was all for the Dzeko move until I saw the contract. And that's why I was like...
0: Now, all rumored, right, guys? Like, that's, from as far as we know, that's what's been talked about. I mean, hey, unless something changes or we hear something else, this is kind of what we're
1: gonna go off of, right? Just on hearsay, but Dzeko, as a player, like he's not gonna start over Dybala, but if Juve said, hey, we're playing, you know, like Olympiacos in the Champions League and we'd rather go with a big number nine and, you know, spread the field. Then, like, you know, cluster it up with a number 10. Fine. Like, Jekyll could oh, do yeah. the job. He uh, yeah, he had, he had a good good year at Roma last year. But the deal would have to be, like, hey, it's, it's a one-off. Or maybe it's a two-year with, like, a, not a lot of money. You know, I think, again, we go back to Paratici. Like, this is something you have to be, like, the, the rumor is that Jekyll wants to join Juve because he wants one last shot at winning. Okay, if you want to win, take some money off. We can't give you a ton, like he told Pogba. You know, the Pogba thing came up, you know, so, like, yeah, you should, you should play hardball with some of these people. And if that's not the person, I'm sure Luis Suarez, who currently has no team, would be like, yes, I'd take the backseat role and make less money. Now, I don't think we should sign Suarez either, but that's just hypothetical. Well, that,
0: well that's where I was going to go next. Um, Suarez, who I didn't mention like, previously, but, you know, there's also been talks. Now, what he wants, I mean there's been talks left and right of being a low amount, but I've also seen him making what 16 million, I believe now. So I don't know necessarily where we start with that. Right. Like, I don't know if we want a SWAT as though, I mean, these guys are all older players and who's going to rock the boat and who's going to accept the role. Um, yeah. You look at Cavani, too, was talked about, right? Like, yeah. I believe he's, he's – did he sign with uh, Benfica? Yeah. I'm not sure course. if that is yeah. – yeah, so that's off the table now. But, you know, he was even talked about. You get him in for a year or two.
1: The big thing about, like, a player like Suarez, the only, like, real reason – if he was able to take a role is, like we talked about team mentality, and you just right. – that guy's a killer, right? I mean, he's, he's passed his best. He can't stay healthy, which right. is a huge marker. But, again, Juventus this huge problem in the Champions League is that they don't have a player with, like, a killer mentality. But, right. again, they would have to evaluate what kind of money he wants to make, what kind of deal he's looking for, what kind of role the right. coach would want to use him in. And there are a lot of variables there. I just think there's too many variables with Suarez. It's an interesting idea, just too many uncertainties right now.
0: Right. So I think, yeah, like I said, Cavani was a similar position free agent. Um, I think Cavani would have worked because I think he's kind of used to the backup role. So I'm surprised that, and apparently we were offered him whether that's true or not. um, That's something we'll get into kind of at the end um, kind of talking about, you know, journalists and and who are your favorites and who you like to, you know, listen to and who you believe in kind of the journalistic integrity. And I've talked about it once before. Um, I just find that we're getting to a level of this this quick quick action quick fire sh- fire everything out of the of the barrel as quick as you can whether it's right or not and then it confuses the shit out of everyone cuz they're like well we were we were offered Cavani we weren't uh he didn't want to go there we now, I, Messi I, wants to go this time. Yeah. so it's like
1: I don't think we ever we ever looked at Cavani I just I don't think that was I don't think that was ever, like, a realistic move. I think that they probably saw, like, what he makes. And they were like, right. I think Cavani publicly has said, like, I wouldn't join Juventus.
0: Because of the Napoli thing, yeah. And I think, like,
1: if it was a larger window where we had three months, I think there would be some credibility to it. But that short amount of time, Juventus, one thing I will give them is they haven't wasted time on anything. You know, right. like, they have gotten a lot of stuff done um, pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, with the Matuidi and, and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think next we're gonna go into Raul Jimenez. I think it's kind of, that's kind of a was a pipe dream, um, especially when they started saying eighty million. I think that eliminated us immediately, yeah. um, unless they were willing to swap. Which, when club when you start hearing rumors of clubs wanting eighty to, you know, whatever to infinity and beyond, I yeah. don't see. I don't see that. That's a non-starter in my opinion. And then lastly, from Everton, who's now kind of denied uh, even wanting to let him go, Moise Kane. I don't know if I want this guy back. Um, you know, we talked about mentality. Yeah. And I just, I don't think he's got it. Um, I hate to throw in the name Balotelli, but I've seen him do stuff, you know, not showing up to practice, not, show, not being professional. I mean, is it that simple when you're making a few million a year, you know, uh, however many millions he makes a year to show up to practice on time yeah. with had Zuri or not? I mean, hey, everybody can have their opinion. Unfortunately, yeah. that's what I've seen. There's, um, a
1: fair, there's a fair argument for that because when you have a player that bursts on the scene like he did at 18, there has to be something more than the club just wanting to balance the books to be like, yeah, we'll let this guy go. Because the deal they let him go for wasn't even that great.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So I think, uh, I think a little bit like Cancelo who everyone loved. I think the club saw something there that maybe they weren't so sure about, and I think that there's enough evidence to support that that Kane had some issues, you know, off, off the field. Um, Will I take him back or not? I mean, given the if it's a two year loan, like that's not a bad move, you know. Right. Um, I think in, in that, co- I wouldn't pay 33 million for him, but here long, like I, I could do it. If Ramsey went the other way, that frees up like a huge wage bill. Um, but I think for me, it's probably, and this will be unpopular, but it's, it's Ed and Jekko, then probably more Keane for me.
0: All right. All right. Nice. Uh, for me, I don't know. Um, it's, it's we, we hit September 1st in a couple days. Yeah. Um, and let's see if we're off to the race or not i think again i i don't mind the Jekyll move i I think it's good but i don't like that contract yeah um so to me if you bring someone around let's say two to five million whatever the term i'm happy that's not an incredible you know for me you look at and and I'm really you know interested in hockey you know because th- they have the salary cap so yeah again there's rules anyone on your third line in your fourth line can't be making over uh you know two three mil yeah. a season because it just completely fucks with everything so yeah. fortunately so fortunately Kyle not like that but I mean I kind of have a little bit of insight in terms of that and trying to balance books w- with that and in, in my business sense as well but. Yeah, no, for me, I I wouldn't mind Jay. I think he's a good player. I think he's played really well the last season. Uh, I think it's something that we uh, could use. But again, for me, it's more of a financial making the financials work. And to me, I think there's you know to say that there's not a lot of strikers out there. There are. Um, it's just capitalizing on uh, on on the at the right price. So, you know, we're as a club, they're paying these you know scouts and and management a lot of money. I think they. Sh- they got to make the right decision. And to me, I don't care who they bring in. As long as it doesn't really fuck with the club, then I'm happy, right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of good players out there. So, yeah. okay, we'll get into the Centro Campisti next, midfield. Obviously, big name recently. Again, that's been pushing. Awade, I like to say Awade, like add the E and make it a little <laughs> bit a little a little bit Italian. I know that's not how you pronounce it, but fuck it. Yeah. Um, so, 50 million... His mom has come on and said that he wishes he could be a Juve player. I don't know. Uh, you have a president that's their president, whether he's he's lying or not saying there's no, there's no truth to what's happening. There's also been rumors that everything's been signed and we're waiting for other moves to kind of trigger him going uh, and signing the contract. So what are your thoughts? Obviously, we've had Artur added. You could say... Kulusevsky, whether you want him as a winger or a midfielder, those yeah. are kind of your two additions um but where do you see uh and obviously mcKenney, which we'll get to kind of next, but with audit, what do you think as a player i think he, I think he's a phenomenal player he's, he's he, he burned us yeah. at least in our game but
1: he's one of the best young midfielders in the world, and you've had the opportunity of having three good young midfielders um because Bentancor, I think, is right up there potential wise. Yes. So, um, if you could sign him, if they could do it financially, like, then do everything you can to do it. The issue is, can we do it? Prices going up. Yeah, um, if he's available and you can make the move, you should, because that's a that's a really talented player. Um, and I would take it hundred percent. But like I say, like when people get all excited about Paul Pogba, like, will it happen. I just, who have we sold? I mean, first yeah. we're gonna yeah, sell exactly. Romero. Perrin's going back to Genoa, so that's gotta be for nothing. You know, who are the players that you sold first? Like, you can't sell Douglas Costa. Apparently, nobody wants Rugani. Like, what are you gonna do? Swap Demarco? Like,
0: and and that's where the magic formula, like I say, always yeah. goes round and round. Like, we shoot ourselves in the foot because we don't sell right away, and I find we give it away. Like we've had interest in this guy for like four months and made it like seemingly known, or the media has been made it seemingly known, and then, you know, he has, he beat, we we lose to Lyon, and Lyon goes and beats Man City. That value just keeps going up, and now we're going to be, now all these other teams are kind of circling in, hey, who probably have deeper pockets and, and, and can yeah. get rid of players a lot easier than we can, so it's just, it's a, it's a vicious cycle with Juve, um, uh I, I i don't know i think it's gonna be this is gonna be a hard i i thought personally with artur we were done yeah i honestly thought we we're done now again it depends on who's who wants to take the players on that we have again like i said we that's that's to be to be seen but i don't think we can make it done even if it's 50 60 million yeah. making- uh someone's gotta go
1: you have a huge issue with, uh, with Ramsey and Kadira because, uh, again, those are bad. Six contract. and seven,
0: yep, six and seven. So. so, we'll see what happens on that front. I mean, I would like them too. I agree with you. Then we get into someone who we have signed, uh, Weston McKinney, uh the cowboy from Texas, obviously. USA,
1: USA. There
0: we go. So, yeah, no, I call him S- Smith and Wes- Weston. But I call him Smith and Weston, so he's going to be our bomber there, uh, one of our big guns in the midfield. But obviously you've told me that you, you follow him quite a bit, Louis, and, and yeah. he's, he's more of a, a CDM than anything. Someone, let's say, like De Rossi who's not going to score you, maybe not as many goals, but uh, someone who's going to put in a shift. And that's what he's talked about in, in, in his first interviews, if, you've, if you heard.
1: Yeah, his, uh, his first interview was very, very good. Um, just, like, you know, good impressions. You know, someone who talked about giving 100% for the shirt and about, um, you know, Juve being a winning club in the standard. So he gets it right away. Um, I think, you know, I know a lot of people on Twitter didn't like the move. Um, you know, most of Juve Twitter doesn't like the moves unless it's, like, Prime Zidane. So, but I understand it. Uh, I think that Weston, uh, what we'll get is you have a player that can play in the back three can play any of the midfield positions i mean obviously he's more of a defensive type of midfielder he's got a great touch he can he can play a pass you know good physical presence and he can score goals i mean he might give you more goals than Mat- matuidi did this season which if he can do right. five that's better than most of our wingers so <laughs> you know like um
0: that is true that is very true
1: well i think it's it's a bit of a gamble but the deal itself is very nice you know it's so a obligation to buy for sixty. If he plays sixty percent of the games, which if he plays sixty percent of Juventus's games, he's probably pretty damn good for us. Right. You know, that's assuming we bring in one more midfielder. Um,
0: yeah. So, for me, the only thing I worry about, and I've stopped, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, is you know Juve's ability to flip young players, and and the deal has the writing on the wall, in my opinion. Where you have this very low three million that we're going to be giving up right up front, and then again, like you said, the sixty percent uh, games. But I, I think is not going to have a problem paying eighteen million if you can almost double it, where you sell them in the end for like $50, fifty, sixty million. Yeah, I mean, it, the the script to me seems like it's written. And as soon as I saw, because again, this came out of nowhere, guys. No one, no one called this. Um, it I was literally
1: seeing things when I saw the tweet pop up.
0: Yeah, it was honestly came out of uh came out of the the West. Uh took a right turn and landed in Turin. I mean, uh if anyone says that they knew this deal was happening, they're full of shit. Yeah. Uh, because literally it was a shock, I believe, to almost every UV fan, almost every journalist. And you know, I think, yeah, I mean I, I really have I have high hopes for this kid. I hope it can work, but I know how Juve is, and I always keep, you know, whether you want to call that negative or not. I mean, to me, it's just being realistic on how Juve acts as a club. And to me, I, ho- I hope that's not the case, but we'll see what happens. And um, hopefully, he gets a jersey number. And he's, hopefully, he's waiting for number six because Kadir is going to be gone. So <laughs> that'll be, that'll be happy. I'll be happy if that happens. But um, obviously, some other names to look at, like you said earlier, Pogba. I think it makes more sense next year. Like I've said, I've been saying in the past uh, podcast, his contract ends. And, where its I mean, Raiola has said that he's not going to leave Man U this year. It's going to be make or break, whether he signs or not. And that's going to be the sign. If you don't see him sign by January, he's probably going somewhere. Whether that be Real Madrid, whether that be back to Juve, whether that be wherever, Barcelona, whoever comes calling for him. And I'm sure with this whole messy talk, uh, they're probably going to look to add someone like that. I wouldn't be shocked if they, they tried to jump in on that being his last year of his contract this year. So we'll see what happens with Pogba. Um, there's been discussion with DePaul about 40, 50 million, yeah. um, Partey from Atletico Madrid, who I think is a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. I think now we, we've kind of handled the CDM. Like you said, we've gotten McKenny. So I don't see us going in that route. I'm guessing Atleti didn't want the, um, I believe it was Douglas Costa and um and Bernard Esky or yeah, Ramsey and one, one of our big contracts. So I don't see uh, I don't see that working out. I think that's kind of why they moved on. Mm. And you know, Saul's kind of been thrown out. I would love to see that, but I doubt he's probably gonna go for over a hundred million. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um but DePaul, what do you think of him as a player uh to add in?
1: I, I like DePaul a lot. It, it, it looks like he, according to Romano, he's leads bound. The, the issue for me with DePaul is always the price. Like $40 million for him is, again, really steep when you haven't sold anyone. Um, but DePaul is what this midfield could need is a, as a number eight, a guy that could get yeah. to the box, create, score some goals. I think going forward, if Aaron Ramsey isn't that player, then you need someone who can do that. Because right now what you have is a bunch of, workhorse midfielders, but you don't have anyone that can get into the box and score goals and that's a huge piece of what Juventus has been missing the last three, four years. Really since Kadir started getting injury prone.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because you lose that and he was prone to score goals, Kadir. Let, let's yeah. not forget that. And and when when he's barely playing any games and then no one else has taken that lead and you don't have Marquisio now and you don't have all these other guys that were, you know, you don't have MVP squared and mm-hmm. like, you don't fix that, then, yeah, you, you're, you're lacking. Um, I think that was perfect. I think that kind of sums up. Is there any kind of midfielders or even forwards that you, you think uh, I, I've missed, which I probably have?
1: Yeah, I think that midfielders, uh, Locatelli is a name that I think you yes. should look out for. Uh, I know he was linked with us. It's kind of died down because of the McKinney talk, but I think yeah. that's a player that, you know, I think the big question is who plays the regista role, because, like, McKinney can play there, but I think he prefers to be, like, on the left-hand side. And right. Artur looks like they're going to try in there, which I like. We're not really sure if that's Bentancourt's best position yet. Right. So um, I think that Locatelli could give you, like, okay, for a little bit we have a player here that knows how to play that role until we figure out who else plays there. Um He's also – I also think Locatelli is as good as Sandro Tonali is. Um, He's been in the Italy U system for three years now. Just got called to the national team, you know, broken at Milan. I know they were bad, but, you know, Sassuolo played very good football. So I think that's a name where if we can't get someone like R O R, that's a name that we should look at. And just for fun, there's a player from uh, Ranis named – Camvinga, something like that. C A N V I N G A. The kid's really good. He led League One in tackles last year and he scored a goal yesterday that looked like a young Paul Pogba. It was ridiculous.
0: There you go. Shout. Young (laughs) shout. No, I like to. I'm going to build this list. So.
1: Yeah. Nobody talks about him. So, yeah.
0: Well, it's good to hear because, you know, get the name out because, again, like you said, Tonali, that seemed like it's done and dusted. Now Milan seems to be opening the door. Yeah on Merda. So I mean who knows what's gonna happen. Locatelli. I mean, me and Jake have talked about this. Um shout out Jake Vinciguera. Um, but he he thinks he could be good. I think it would be good for you to get sign him, but maybe leave him at Sassuolo You kind of want to see how a player is gonna react in a different, you know, one different stage yeah. and two different, you know, team role. You know, it's easy when you don't have the pressure on you and you can go out there and, hey, if you have a bad game, whatever, or, you know, you you can play a little bit more free. Where at Juve, the pressure is always on and every mistake, every little bad touch or bad pass, it's going to be scrutinized every day of the week. So is it a little bit too big? I'm not sure. That's up for him to, to you know, uh, and for the club to decide. I think it's a good kind of shout, but we'll see what happens um yeah that's that could be an interesting move too that i forgot yeah but thanks for bringing that one up uh,
1: um one last thing on the midfield uh i think that the the next move should probably be for a number eight i know i mentioned locatelli but if we could get that like attacking you know midfielder that could score some goals i think we could do a lot with that and cool might be that but a genuine number eight would be kind of cool if we could find Yeah.
0: And and I know they've mentioned him being a midfielder, but I really just want him on the wing. Yeah, Um, because And we'll get into who's to leave at the end uh, because that's kind of the reason why I kind of want him to go up. Um, Let's get into fullbacks now. Obviously, there hasn't been a hell of a lot of names. I know Serginho Des has been kind of the main guy, but I think it's just a lot of paper talk. Yeah. I know they've been saying, oh, we're in talks with... And then obviously Hatebor from Atalanta has been mentioned as well. Um, I think we're solid with Alexandro on the left-back position. I think very underrated in my honest opinion. I, I'm probably going to get hate for that, but that's fine. Um, Pellegrini, you'd hope he could stay. I mean, I'm not sure how he is on in the injury front, if he's back 100% or not, but you have to look at that and say are we going to play another year with Cuadrado at right back? And to me, it seems like we are.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks that way. I, the, the thing, I think, for the defense is, and this is why I think we haven't seen any fullback talk for, like, the last couple of weeks, is what kind of defense do you think Pirlo is going to play? And if it's a little bit of a mix... See, I like the idea that he could mix between the back four and, like, the three-man defense, because right. when you could take Cuadrado and even Danilo and put them on the flanks... And then Danilo going forward, you know, at least he can play a ball in. Like Sandro, who I think sometimes, because there's no competition at left back, has, you know, gotten very content, would be, he lapses a little bit. Um, Yeah. And I think that, I just think that, like, you know, every player needs someone that's kind of, like, right behind you, right? And I think that the last two years, it's just, like, he's a guarantee, right? You know, that's.
0: There's no one there, and DeShilio isn't good enough. Yeah, and I always bring this up, but that, that game against Spain in the Euros with Italy. Um, I've never seen the play that well in my life, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he um, plays well for Conte.
0: <laughs> send him to Merida, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would have no problem. We'll give him for oh. five million, ten million, they could take him. But, but
1: the, uh, the thing is, like, if so, if you're gonna play that, like, you could be okay with the. What you have, you know what I mean keep Luca Pellegrini? Maybe get rid of MDS. Um, but if you're gonna play a back four, that has to change it a little bit because the reason why Cuadrado played so much last year is he's the only fullback that gets forward and like puts a cross in. You know, like Danilo is it's just a liability defensively, but yes. he's like he's a little bit of a balance. But uh, I would
0: I would say I would say Cuadrado as well is the liability. See the the reason why I don't like Cuadrado on the right back. Is pre- For me, it's it's simple. When you have a guy, and I know a lot of people don't talk about this, but this is how I see it. So a lot of people think that Alexandro doesn't necessarily want to get... I think, one, there's a disconnect between him and Ronaldo. That's one thing.
1: Yeah, oh, Two, yeah
0: when I think he's told to sit back because of what Cuadrado presents... Now, I've seen in multiple occasions and almost actually every game that they've started one on one side and one on the other, that quadrado gets lost up in the up in the offensive half. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And really the only way to counteract that is the left side to kind of shift and he play as a three at the back. Yeah. Now there's been multiple times where I've seen it perfectly where Sandro just stays there, kind of shifts. And then the whole backs kind of shifts over and they act almost as like a back three. Now, I think we got to get away with that kind of cross in the box, and and I mean, if we get a Zeko, okay, a different story, but yeah. um, I think we got to get away with that. I think Cuadrado is is very liable at the back. I've said this multiple times. If we get like two really offensive players, I think we're going to no- concede a lot of goals, and I think it's going to be noticeable in the fact that you know two guy two Cbs aren't able to handle. Um, all that pressure when you have a midfield that doesn't necessarily come back and help you out like it did this season yeah. so like having obviously Matuidi and, and Rabiot and, and Ramsey as well as Pjanic, Pjanic's got no legs so he's not going to come back and help you Matuidi does but he's made a lot of mistakes in coming back and, and not helping out so you're, you're, you're given odd uh, numbers and the other team usually takes advantage okay. of that well, so I think, I think I, it's tough
1: yeah, it it is it is very tough because especially the way sorry played yeah really really left that back four as a whole yes. just kind of crippled. And you're right, you know, you have a player that's not naturally a right back. The other thing I think that which is so weird with this market is the outside back position has become like this weird, you know, quadrado-like, you know, fullback position. And there's there's names out there, but there's not like there's not, like, a name where you'd be like, yeah, we're going to get this guy. He could be all right back for the next, like, four to five years. It's like, yeah. well, like, Gussens could be. Yeah. But would, if, if we're playing a back four, like, he's not, a, you know, he's not in the back four. You know? Hatterberg was very good at Atalanta. Does what that?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? You know, so I think same thing with, like, Sergino Des. I know that's mostly paper talk. But Ajax to Juve, and that's a big club. But this is a club that's talking about winning the Champions League. You know, like, it's it's very different. Um,
0: well, and you look at Telus was 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 a guy that was linked that was obviously sold, I believe Talia Fico was sold as well. So um, I think really there hasn't been a lot of talk. I, so I, I'm assuming that we're going we're going as is. Yeah, that's um,
1: that's, that's my assumption right now. Though Pro- they always pick one position each year to screw over. I think it's going to be fullback this year. Um, there, I mean there are a couple names I don't know with uh. I might butcher this. Uh, Regulon from Sevilla, that's yes. back. Yeah, so he—he's a name that kind of interests me a little bit. Um, I don't know what his role at Real Madrid is going to be next year. Ori uh, Zola, who is a Bayern. Again, that's another name. Like, what's his role going to be at Real Madrid next season? Um, he's played now for Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. I know he's gotten a little bit of time each place, but you know, it's—it's it's an idea. I—I yeah. I don't. Again. Well, and
0: they, they got to look at Marcelo and uh, who's the other guy they have there? Um, Carvajal. Yeah, Carvajal,
1: yeah.
0: So they're going to be looking to, if not upgrade or sure up. So they might keep yeah. those guys as their backups, right? So I think that's a tough fullback. And this is why I say everyone wants to like just dump Alexandro uh, into the ocean. Because, again, another guy with value. Look how difficult it is. Yeah, for replacements.
1: Well, and, and also too, we're talking, you know, bringing people in. Like when you look at the players we're linked with, right? We can bring those guys all in for under thirty million. You know, maybe less. A lot of these like loan deals, free transfers. Arturo was basically under ten because of Piatech. Yeah. So all these outside backs are going cost money. Yeah. Currently, money is something that Juventus don't have. So unless like Guzman comes in the swap, yeah. what are we going to do? And apparently Atalanta don't want to swap him. So that's like kind of disappeared. So I think. Well, now
0: they're in champions league too, right? So you got to remember, uh, I don't think they want to go out with, uh, a puff of white smoke. I think they want to, uh, you know, at least try and challenge and and add some pieces. I think they, they just added someone from Dinamo Kiev. I believe it was a midfielder. So with that extra money that they're getting now. So, Fullbacks, I think, is like you said. I think we're 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 locked in that for for depending on what they decide to do with Pellegrini, we'll see. Um, but I say we're locked. I don't think anyone ever wanted the Uh There's always, you know, you're always gonna get your Barca and your PSG rumor every year, um, and that means nothing. And uh, we're stuck with them.
1: Yeah, the Barcelona one was fun just to like picture like. Lionel Messi, like, throwing a fit about losing the Champions League and then them signing MDS, like... <laughs> uh, a name that nobody uh, really talks about, who I really rate, we probably couldn't get him from Napoli, is uh, Di Lorenzo. I think Di Lorenzo...
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> like, <laughs> I would love to have him, but fuck. That's like, a, I don't think that's happening. Fuck, yeah. with, with De, De, Laurentiis, De Laurentiis? I don't know, man. I don't... I would... That would be... Shocking that's, a, that's a pipe dream for me. And that would, that's going to be a very expensive deal if that were to happen. Um, but you look at the Alain deal. I mean, $25 million is being rumored for Everton. Like, that's, you know, yeah, well, Italy is, uh, is, a, is a weird place. <laughs> yeah,
1: like how, much, how much do you need to balance the books with some of these clubs? Like, they could end up selling for less because they just need to get that wage off.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. But I think that rests for that, uh, for that category, kind of the youth players. I think these guys. I don't. I know Pirlo's talked about, you know, evaluating their talent and seeing if they could play it. Romero, I think it's going to be what it is. I think he's going to be used as a bargaining chip. I think he's gone. Pellegrini, whether he wants to stay, go, again, something the club wants to use him as. I think we should keep him. I think you need yeah. the depth. The papers,
1: buying um, papers for what they're worth. I mean, again, that's a whole another conversation. Seem to think that we're going to hold on to him. So,
0: but you never know. Like, yeah. is that a deal comes up and they want him in, or whatever? We need the funds. That's yeah. the tough part. Yeah. App- apparently, Cocolo, who's a CB, uh, might get. I believe he saw, Did he sign an extension? I want to say. Um, but he is being looked at for the first team. Um, Hans Kavili, I believe, was at Perugia the previous season and now um, has been obviously called back again. I don't know. Frabota, yeah. we had Fagioli, Peters, Zanemakia. Yeah. These guys, uh, you know, some were impressive, some less so, but is not that club.
1: <laughs> no, just, they are. And,
0: and I know a lot of people saying we should go in that direction. I don't see it. I I really don't.
1: Uh, uh, Italian clubs as as a whole really just that's not there. You know, it, they, takes, it takes
0: a certain mentality and a certain amount of money that you have to spend. Yeah. And I find it's with teams that have the teams that have great you know systems. Play with the same system essentially for their lives. Yeah. You know, you look at Ajax. I don't think they've really. I mean, maybe they've modernized you know. Yeah. Croy football a little bit, but. I mean it's been the same identity, same with Barcelona. That's
1: a really good point, yeah.
0: Real Madrid has really played the same kind of style um throughout its history. So yes. you know, if we're talking about Italian football where you're playing Catenaccio, you know, like it used to be, yeah. Then you kind of you know what you need to build on, but no, I I, I don't see these yeah. I think I see these guys being bargaining chips and I, I really don't see I think like I've told you before, I think at the beginning of the season, we could go through some a little bit of adversity. And then at that point, all these names go out the window because it's red alert. We need to focus yeah. on what's going to you know, get the job done. And that's usually what's been happening in the last three years. It's been uh, kind of like, uh, okay, let's try and make this happen so we still get the Scudetto and maybe try for Champions League. And, and, and we don't focus on on that. So when you're not in a stable place, all youth goes out the window.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, one point I'd like to make, and this goes back to our earlier segment about Pirlo, which you were just talking about was like a style and a way of playing. That is something that I have I've tweeted about a lot the last year or two, which is it, this came back when Allegri was leaving. People were like, we need to play more beautiful, like attacking football. And I was like, like I understand that. But Juventus has always had like a very good core – very good defense and they, they've still managed to score goals. So I think that, I think that one thing I would like to see Pirlo get back to is, you know, tightening the back line, not giving up a lot of goals and scoring, you know, playing beautiful football, but like, you know, like we like in the Berlin team where they didn't give up any goals, but they right. still put two, three, four away during games. You know, I think we can very much do that. Um, and I would like to see Juve, maybe Piero is the guy, maybe it's the next coach in line, but you may get back to kind of like what they are known for Granada, you know, that never say die, you know, you meant this way and, you know, move forward with that.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's just perfect. Um, I think when you go into a game, you should be thinking that you can beat anybody. And I think we've lost that completely. Um, I think we go into games scared, um, And we've gotten to the point where now we're the team that has everything to lose instead of the team that has nothing to lose. Yeah. And that's just a horrible mentality. And I think that's why we've seen the performances that we have now. Yeah. Lastly, players to go. I think it's quite simple. I think Kedid has got to be gone. However, we make that happen. Iguain. We got to make that obviously. Inter Miami's been calling again, kind of some reports that have been been talking about, but who knows if that's true or not.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. I think for me personally, like I was mentioning before, the Cuadrado and the and Kulusevsky being in the team, I think you got to try and move Bernadeski and Douglas Costa. Yes. Yeah. Um. And then lastly, I think Rugani and Deshio. I mean, see who wants them and see if you can get them off the books first. Rugani, it's going to be tough, I think, because with the injury we have and Romero probably bringing in more money than him and yeah. having more interest in him he's going to be the more he's going to be the guy that likely goes instead of Rugani plus Rugani's italian so it gives us the numbers there same with De Chirio i think it's going to be tough i don't know who wants him i don't think anybody wants him yeah. um and i'm not quite sure you know like i said with the Pellegrini i'm not optimistic on that so if if a deal comes up where we have to get rid of Pellegrini, there's no way that the she deal is going. And yes. that's just gonna how it's gonna sit.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think that uh I think that those first four names, Kadira, Igway, obviously, who looks set to go. Um yeah. Douglas Costa. I think that it's just, it's time. I like Bernardeschi. He plays very well for the national team. He needs a reboot. Um and I think the, the club, you know need to move on from him because Kulazeski is a very similar player to what Berideski was when he showed up. So I think Douglas Costa, again, the, there's not enough reward for what, you know, the injuries come with. Uh, Maybe this new physio, apparently the rumors are that like he doesn't like his players muscle injuries go down by 80%. Maybe he'll help him. But for me personally, like, I just think Douglas Costa, it's a waste. And I also think Douglas Costa is very overhyped. So we,
0: hi- uh, we hired a witch doctor, is what you're telling
1: me That's what they, that's what the Italian papers claim. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah so I would like to throw in Aaron Ramsey in that mix too. I uh, was going to say like Aaron Ramsey, but look, same thing as Douglas Costa, like he's hurt a lot, and Aaron Ramsey when he plays, like you meant this look better with him, but again, it's when he plays right so i I don't also see him playing it between Rabio. Bentancourt and Archer, if the season started tomorrow, that's probably your, your midfield three. Ramsey right. doesn't get in that team.
0: That's a fair point. Yeah, fair point. Um, I think,
1: makes... yeah,
0: I was going to say, though, like, like you said, uh, that's kind of my dark horse to move. Um, I think if the right deal happens where you could swap them with, a, like let's say, an English club, which has been rumored, uh i think you have to you have to you have to move whether or not you think he's expressed himself in the way he has properly i mean he's looked good in certain situations he's made pretty good runs this last few months where we've had the obviously the the covid restart he's he's been a shadow of himself and he's been injured so i mean to me again the right opportunity i have no problem Saying yes to a deal that includes him, um, but again, if that deal happens in the first place. So, just lastly, before we kind of get into um, a question that was brought again, it, it was we'll actually get into it now. So, it's about Jekyll. Um, why do you think he is or the or isn't the right man for you? I think we've kind of said discussed that in, for the most part. I think age is is a question. I think contract is a question. Yeah. and whether those two things can be rectified and what role he's going to have in the team is rectified. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way. I, if, he, if he's willing to sit on the bench um, or come into games at key moments when, like you said, we play an Olympiacos or a team that's kind of a bigger team that we need some physicality up top, if he's okay with that, then, hey, I have no problem. I think they should look to bring that, that contract down quite a bit Try and get it around five million. Save mm-hmm. a couple million for wherever, um, and maybe only have it a two-year deal. I think that would be—I think that would be perfect, okay. two for ten. Um, but that's kind of my thoughts, and I, I think you kind of echoed the same thing there, Louis.
1: Yeah, I—I I would agree. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say on Jacko.
0: So, the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about, it, and it's kind of, you know, it's been always on my mind, you know, journalistic integrity, all this transfer news. And we kind of talked about it at the beginning of, uh, or at the beginning as well during the pre show of the podcast. Um, but, you know, you hear all these names, right? We hear Romeo Agresti, we hear Fabrizio Romano, Monblano, uh, yeah. Corriere della Sera, Corriere dello Sport, uh, Gazzetta dello Sport, Tutto Sport you hear all these names and it's quite funny because like you mentioned earlier, um, we're in this short window and everything is kind of news is whirling. And I've I've stated this in the past, this is the worst time of year, whether it's a normal summer transfer window or whether it's a short like now, or it's a winter, I try and shut my mind off as much as possible. Kind of focus on what the team's doing, how the team looks. Period. I don't like to talk unless it's signed. Unless Juve announces, it's not done. That's my opinion. Doesn't matter what they say. So, you know, a lot of it. What I've seen is, and you look at even some of the Juve accounts, some of the bigger accounts. It's like they're bringing the same interview. They're they're bringing the same kind of journalists spewing the same kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like all clickbait. And it's like what pisses me off the most is this kind of like warship mentality certain guys are getting. And it's like, I've seen over the last three years, people throw things in the wind and they're just
1: waiting for it to catch. Yeah. Guardiola. (laughs) Zidane. Like to a certain degree, the journalist's job is to throw things into the wind. Um, But there's people like Mamblano who are out there saying, we're going to get Pep Guardiola. Like, it, he's it
0: going all- to be a UV coach. He's not going to tell you when, but he's going to be a UV coach. And that's the, that's the key thing that always gets me because it's like, well, you've essentially said from here to infinity, you're yeah. going to be right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or you're going to be wrong and you're going to be like, well, you know, I never said a date. I meant last <laughs> year.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, to me, that's what gets ridiculous. Yeah. Um, to me, I don't, not that I don't respect any of the journalists. To me, it doesn't matter who your name is. I don't care how many times you've been right. The next time, they can always be wrong. And yeah. that's just their profession. It's like the weatherman. Yeah. You're, exactly. you're, paid to, you're paid to be wrong. Yeah. Um. So, there's, to me, whether you get uh, a take from DiMarzio or you get a take from Fabrizio Romano, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, um,
1: there's only two you should ever take, you know, religiously. That is... Uh, Romeo, Argista, and Romano. Yeah. Because Romano will sit on whatever his news is until it's concrete. Yeah. Uh, Romeo only tweets when it's about Juve. Like, he tweets it maybe once or twice a day, and it's literally just whatever he's heard for the day. Like, yeah. his news on Suarez was, hey, there's nothing there, but keep an eye on Suarez. There could be something. Which right. was gr- great journalism, because it's like saying, Norges Afton would take that and be like, Suarez to Juve, like yeah. 18 imminent. Imminent. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I think those two, uh, there's a, I don't know if it's a count or a journalist, but there's a Nico Chiera that keeps popping up. Yeah. He, he's a little late on the news, but, you know, like maybe like a couple seconds, a couple minutes late, but a lot of what he said has had some concrete with like some of the bigger names. Yeah. Um, but those are like the only two. Demarcio Marzio is, is good for anyone but Juve, but in recent years, he's kind of struggled with uh, getting the Juve transfers right.
0: Well, that's what apparently a lot of people have been saying, and that that I've noticed on on Twitter that have been ta- being that is being talked about is him kind of making a mistake. And I'm like, yeah, but so does everybody else. Like, yeah. I mean, there was only so many people that knew about Ronaldo. There's only so many people that jumped in that were willing to take the jump. And that's the thing. It's w- whether you're willing to take that leap. And then it just doesn't be. It, it does. It is in journalism. It's just, you know, Captain. freak picking. Yeah. Freak so people guessing. Try pick
1: a name and trying to get some money and get some headlines, you know?
0: Yeah, it's all about the clicks. And I have no, you know, I mean, obviously oh, yeah. so you're, you're, you're in the US, so you know all about clickbaiting <laughs> oh, yeah. and the news and this and that. And it's yeah. like.
1: My favorite one, I was talking to Al about this yesterday. Probably the funniest thing I've seen in the last five years was the Gazetta report where we're going to play a 3 5 2 with Jekyll in the hole behind Ronaldo and DiBala. I opened it up and I just laughed. <laughs> Like, I just, like, I couldn't... I could not take that seriously whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I don't know. They're just... It, it's like everybody's everybody's got, like, infinite ammo now because it's so yeah. short that we get into these positions where it's like, okay... Like, again, the Ronaldo DiBala saga. That whole thing was like, okay, we're bored. Let's play with something. Let's get our clicks. Let's get our money, and let's get out of here because... It's funny how fast it went up. Ronaldo, Ronaldo, or DiBala selling, and then at the end it was just like a complete silence. It was like his DiBala's manager comes out. Nope, it's not happening. This was never talked about. We're still in discussions, and then it was just quiet. It was crickets for like the next week about that whole thing.
1: I feel really weird because I feel like I'm in the minority that like really enjoys having Cristiano Ronaldo on the team. Maybe it's because I don't argue with fanboys at all. Like, I, they'll come up my notifications. I just don't pay them any mind.
0: But, it's fun, man. It's
1: fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I guess maybe because it was in college, like, I watched him, with Real Madrid, win all those titles. And I was just like, like, I've just always, like, really enjoyed him. Um, I wouldn't call myself a Ronaldo fan, but, you know, like, I've enjoyed him here. But, the, you know, like, these journalistic takes, they're just, yeah, you know, like we said, they're clickbait and, you know, they're trying to make a name. And they're probably getting stuff from clubs because yeah. I assume Juventus and, and Murder are trying to mess with each other. And, you know, Juventus might be saying, hey, we're going to, you know, plant this Vidal story because we want Murder to overpay for him. And that helps us in the long run, you know. Yeah.
0: Some assistant leaks this some or that and this and some social media person says this or that. I mean, that's what it is. That's what they're getting their information from is from certain people in the club and how honest they decide to be is, is their choice. Right. So Mm -hmm. no, for me, it's like, for me, the Ronaldo thing is, you know, for someone who's getting 31 million, you have to hold them to that standard. Yeah. And what I don't like about that, that's what gets me the most. I mean, I I don't have a problem with people think I have a problem with Ronaldo on the team. That's not the case. If you're going to hold him to a certain standard, it has to be both ways. So if you're going to give him praise, you're going to have to take the give-and-take on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, everyone likes to say, okay, he scored all the knockout goals. But, okay, so if his job is to come in and score the knockout goals, why does he miss a free header against Leon that sent us through? So, yeah. you could say, yes, he scored all the knockout goals, but those knockout goals cost us $8.8 million a goal. And yeah. that's what he was paid to come in for.
1: But to, what I would say was, where I'm critical on Cristiano Ronaldo is I'm more critical of the move itself because. Look, oh, that as well. Ronaldo's well. a great player, and I think it's very hard. You could say like, "Hey, his antics gets Milan awful, right?" Publicly not coming out and apologizing, yeah. you should like when we talk about the ball throwing, tamper tantrums that happens, but you know those players tend to publicly come out, apologize. I assume he did but maybe he didn't, you know. We don't know, like, if he did privately or not. Yeah, in the dressing room. Yeah, but I think on the Lyon thing, I think, you know, and I understand, you know, criticizing the free header and stuff, but I I think on the Lyon thing, there are a lot of players that just don't show up for us in those matches. I think that, you know, criticizing, like, the one or two players who do, like, it was the old argument that, like, Paul Dybala doesn't show up in Europe. It's, like, really, like...
0: Yeah, but this is my argument. Bernadeski doesn't make thirty-one million dollars a season and doesn't hamper our transfer market.
1: Yeah, I understand <laughs> that, but Bernadeski also <laughs> didn't score sixty goals in two years. You know, like
0: fair enough. Ronaldo in
1: two years has scored more goals than like our team did in the whole year, almost.
0: No, no, no. I I get that, but yeah. my point, but my point of contention is, if we're bringing you on to, if you're the club, if you're the player that is supposed to take us over the line. And we're gonna give, we're gonna bend so far forward to give you thirty one million dollars. I understand. It. No, I understand. You it. can't just, not take the the criticism and yeah. say, well, when you did, when you scored the three, we, he gets all the praise in the world for the Atletico Madrid game. Yeah. But now all of a sudden that he didn't score the three, I hear crickets on uh, about it's, him.
1: It's 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 a fair argument and. I was as mad as anyone when he missed that. Uh, I get mad every time he takes a free kick and he fucks it up. Oh. You know? Excuse my language, but yeah. No, like I said, yeah.
0: like I've said before on this podcast, it's all, <laughs> it's all fair games. You can swear, you can do whatever you want. But anyways, yeah. like in terms of that too, you look at it. He had a free kick. Yeah. He had four guys on three in the box. <laughs> and someone with a supposedly League mentality misses that completely and strikes the wall. Like I was yelling at my TV, I'm like, you have a guy wide open sitting in the box, they all think you're gonna shoot, chip the ball over. Yeah, and and, I think that it might it's not a given, yeah,
1: but
0: that's a better that's better odds than his kicks.
1: I think because the fanboys think that he's like this perfect deity, that we as a fan base I've done it before. Start to like micromanage a little bit of it because we micromanage. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's like, it's like, so it's like, like, ideally, he's a striker, like, he wants to score goals. Like, people would be like, he should have played in the cross. I was like, you don't pay Ronaldo $31 million a year to slot in Iguayi. You hope that he scores the goal, right? You know, like, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but you know, in some cases, I'll say, like, I'll look at a buildup and I'll be like, wow, like, what would, like, why aren't you playing the ball there? Right. But then there's some cases where it's like when Bernadeschi's like, you know, missing sitters, and you're like, oh, like, yeah. I'm pretty glad he shot from that angle, then, you know, like, oh, but, that-
0: I, but the thing is too, like, I come after everybody. Yeah. I don't, no. leave, I, I don't leave anybody behind the shed. Like, yeah. everybody comes out to the party.
1: A I think you're pretty fair. There are people that are pretty fair. Like, Al's pretty fair on it. Um,
0: Trust me, I'm only not fair is when I'm in a conversation with a Ronaldo fan and they keep yeah, well, insisting and then I just say whatever the hell. Like I said, I've said it multiple times, whether you want to believe me or not. I mean that's up to, that's that's your that,
1: that's up to you. But my biggest gripe with that move, and it's a similar thing that I said with Delit, 'cause obviously we need a player like Delit, but after yeah. you signed Damrell and Romero, who are, what's that, sixty million put together, then why did you go get someone for eighty million? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's like you could have eliminated both those two transfers and then just got to it. Li- now, thank God we ended up getting Demaral because Chiellini got hurt. Yeah. But hindsight's a little different. The same thing with Kyler Ronaldo, right? You know, we can make this move, but was that necessarily the move that was going to put us over? It might have last year if we had, like, a concrete midfield. Yeah. But you could look back to, like, I was watching our Champions League highlights from... Um, the year after Cardiff, which is seventeen eighteen, I think, uh, and we were still pretty good. I mean, we had Real Madrid in that game, if that's not that reality oh, yeah. call. So you're looking at that team, and you're saying like, "Hey, that's that almost team there." Pieces away. So I think there's a good argument to be made about the transfer itself. I think that's where UV fans are frustrated because they were given this the golden egg, right? What they didn't realize was the gold egg was given to a team that has a ton of like cracks in it. Yeah, we
0: were we were over we over we were a little overrated, I yeah. think. We were we thought we were a little further than where we actually were. Yeah. And I think that was the main problem. Um but anyways, man, we'll get uh we'll get to this last segment here and uh we'll get you on your way. Thanks for coming on, but yeah. um yeah, so obviously like I, what I like to do and actually I actually haven't been because doing this because we've had kind of different uh some similar guests and what we've had uh Uh, obviously a new guest. So what I like to do, I like to listen to to some stories. I mean, you heard around around Turin, he dropped a story about Juve in the club and I thought it was uh, after uh, a a Scudetto, I believe, winning game. And I thought it's just a great story. So I like to hear, you know, whether you've been to the stadium or not, whether you've you've watched Juve uh, in North America or whatever, or even just a memorable Juve moment that you've spent with your family or someone that you've really, uh, you like to watch games with. Yes. The floor is yours. Um, I know Bruno even was talking about recently. He went to the pre-match. He threw a scarf on the field, and uh, which he talked about obviously in his podcast. And they actually escorted him out so, <laughs> to get it signed. So I mean, hey, that was pretty uh, funny. I thought it was a good story you brought up. And uh, but yeah, man, the floor is yours.
1: I get you. I'll make him quick. I've never actually been to the state. Oh no, no worries. It's going to be my goal this year, and. Um, COVID hit, and unfortunately, so I hope to go as soon as they reopen.
0: Yep.
1: Um, I got dual citizenship, so I can escape the U.S. whenever I want. It's pretty nice. Um, But uh, my two stories are the first one is with uh, Yubei Sokal when I lived in L.A. Uh, Shout out to those guys, Saeed. You know, that great group of people. Uh, And so we took over what was like an English pub. I think it was like a Man City bar. And the year I was there, we invaded it. But there there was a game, I think it was the Tottenham game. I brought a friend of mine who was a Byron fan, right? And he's Bayern's playing at the same time. And he was like, we're gonna watch it together. I was like, hey, just so you know, all you Ventus fans, you know, whatever. And we're playing that game, and that 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 away leg was awful, right? Until so Allegra yeah. that ridiculous change when he double swapped asked him, He brought out, I think it was Asamoah and Lichsteiner, and he exactly. turned into a 3-5-2, and like, Lichsteiner probably had his last good Juventus game, uh, the, the Real Madrid game, uh, but I just remember the, the atmosphere in that place, not just when we got the equalizing goal from Higuain, but the winner for DiBala. I like jumped in a bunch of guys' arms. We we're all like hugging each other. All of a sudden, I look and my friend, who's a Byron fan, is like hugging.
0: Jumping.
1: Yeah, like, he's, like, he's like he's like he's not even watching the Byron game anymore. And when uh, when Barzali made that clearance on the line, we celebrated that like you know Ronaldo's bicycle kick. Yeah. So, you know, like it was yes. it it was wild. So oh that, man. That was, a, that was a good just like, you know, environment, you know, watching those Champions League games. Even though that year didn't finish how we would have liked in the Champions League, you know, just I'll never forget that moment. Um, it's the closest I've ever been to being a stadium where there's a bunch of Juventinos just embracing each other in a crazy goal. And the second one is awesome. when I was in college, I was the only kid in my dorm that watched soccer. So I would get up 9 a.m. to watch or I'd watch on a Saturday afternoon. I never missed a game. But Juventus is playing Torino in between Berlin and Cardiff. So that'd be 15 16, I think. And if it's if the game where Quadrado scores the goal on the line, where it's like you're watching this game, they're down 1 0. You're like, this is awful. They get to 1 1. You're like, I just want to draw on that game. And Pogba, you know, has that ridiculous touch. He plays it out wide to Evra. And it stops on the line. And like I could hear my roommates to this day, like still talk about it. They could even go, ah. And I was like, and then all of a sudden it goes in. And I jumped up in the air. I ran right out of my apartment through through the common room, past my roommates, down the hallway. I was yelling all the way to the bar, like I was just like, like I ran around campus. Yeah, I was so excited. I was on a high for like a whole year in that year. Just, just <laughs> that's watching amazing. The game. What's what school did you go to? USC. Uh, Xavier University, which is Xavier. The, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I work in the film industry, so I moved to California for. Uh, yeah, and then I hung yeah. out with Uve SoCal and I moved back to Pittsburgh. That's where I'm from. So,
0: awesome, man! No, that's a great story. That's that was almost like me a couple nights ago. I think I woke the whole neighborhood. I was watching the Bruins play and um, we tied it to go to OT. And holy shit, I was I lost my mind. But uh, yeah, no, with Juve, it's been a while. honestly, I've noticed it's been. To me, the the little bit of atmosphere we've had has been kind of a uh, dampered. I don't know about you, but when yeah. I know you're on the uh, you're on the La Panquina, correct? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I love all those. I love watch. I love watching those because it uh, it's so so similar to the way I used to be. Now it's 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 a little bit different just because the way we've been playing. But yeah, I know at the beginning, like those first five six years. Holy shit, man.
1: <laughs> and I, I think, like, for people that don't remember them fondly or maybe people that, like, came in after the first five, six years, I mean, just the craziness of was a team that finished seven. Yeah. Won the title under Conte. They were undefeated. Still had question marks. And then Alegre, who was this, like, you know, he destroyed Milan is what everyone said. Comes in two finals in three years. I mean... And that, that season I was just talking about, the Torino game saved the season. Because after that, yeah. they won, like, 19 straight games. It's just the, the enthusiasm was so different. Uh, but I, I told Alan, this guys, I watched the game like, like Conte. Like, for La Pequena I had to sit down because there's nowhere in my apartment to put my laptop. But I will, I will stand through a whole match. It's, oh, it's yeah.
0: Games,
1: no one can talk to me. And I, like, I just stand and watch the game the whole way through. Even if we're losing, like, 4-0, I it the, the whole way through that way.
0: See, it's a little bit different because my setup is a bit, a bit different. But, yeah. you know, usually when we had, like, a mantle where the TV was on. And, yeah, exactly. Like, I would literally, like, post up, like, just to the, to the left of the TV and just been, like, just yelling and just, like, moving around. And, like, yeah. no, exactly like you. Like, I can't sit still because... You know, I'm, I'm shouting, you can see the whole pitch, you know, exactly when someone's not making a run and when they are, you're telling them where to go. And I know my mom will, you know, attest to this, but as much as you, you, you try and, you know, give them instructions, they still can't hear you, but Hey, I'll do it anyways. That's yeah. just how it is. I've been
1: a fan always. Says it's dangerous to watch games with you because if you base scores, you're liable to like jump on top of someone <laughs> whoever the closest person is.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's another reason why I stay indoors. I stay by myself so I can't. Yeah, you can't hurt anyone.
1: <laughs> I get a get a life. <laughs>
0: But anyways, man, it's been awesome having you on. I appreciate you coming on. We're gonna have you definitely in the future. There's so much more to coming up. And um again, like Al always says, you know, you know, if you want to reach out and, and drop some drop some lines about Juve, depending on whether that be transfer or game or whatnot, just reach out. I know a lot of you guys have been asking uh to come on, so that, that's great for me. Like I said, it's it's gonna help me out. Um check out Louis's channel at Louis DeVito are is Instagram or his Twitter. I'm guessing your instance is the same, correct? Yeah. So yeah, check that out, guys. Always good takes, always good conversation. Um, another guy that you know is always uh good to chat Juve, whether that be in person or or online. Um but yeah guys it's we're we're gonna start picking it up. I'm gonna start the, the train has left the station we're gonna get some momentum and continue on. We're about 19 days away I believe the schedule is going to be coming out on Tuesday.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, yeah. So I look forward to that. we to do a full season preview, maybe a couple season previews, depending on how much interest there is. And I know we have one down, but yeah, guys, thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for the support. Um, uh, we're going to get it. We're going to, f- I'm going to find a way to get that Del Piero jersey out. Like I said, we'll f- I'm going to figure it out. Um, Keep an eye for that series about the brand, the sneakers, the kicks, the jerseys. That'll come out soon. And, yeah, guys, as always, we're almost at uh, 500 on my personal at DanielLenegro, Instagram, Twitter, dl, um, as always. YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all your favorites. And, like I said, drop me a message if you want anything else. I have no problem working that out for you. And last but not least, the edits. Um, yeah, they've been coming off really good. A lot of a lot of people have been liking them. If you want any player done in a specific way, just send me a DM. Uh, we'll make it happen. We'll make something nice for you to put on your phone or 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 a background on uh, one of your devices. So please let me know that. And as always, guys,
1: uh, stay tuned. And fino alla fine, forza Juventus. Ciao.